Welcome everybody to the Nuggets of Gold podcast and YouTube channel. Today we're trying to find a topic and we basically decided, you know what, why not talk about other teams outside the 49ers? So today we're going to be talking about the biggest threats in the NFC and we're going to go through just the NFC first, talk about them a little bit, and then we're just going to exclusively talk about the NFC West and, and go through the Seahawks, Cardinals, and Rams. But let's get started with these NFC teams I think we probably both have one team at the top. Um, for me, it's the Buccaneers, and I'm just expecting that you're you're the same way, Aiden, right now. You just look at this team. They're bringing back almost everyone. Wide receiver core is really, really good. The defense, um, I'm, I'm looking, I was just going through the depth chart before we recorded, and it's like, okay, they have really capable players on every level of the field, and they have guys that were, were standout players last year at each layer, at each part of the field as well. I mean, they got two linebackers in Levante David and Devin White. Levante David's been one of the most underrated defensive players in the league for for his whole career, pretty much. Um, Winfield last year had an excellent season. Same with Carlton Davis, who you know wasn't like a great player early on in his career. He had a resurgence. Um, then you look at the defensive line. You got JPP. We know how good he's been in the past. He's not, and and the best thing is he's not even their best guy. Their best guy is Shaq Barrett, who. For the last like three years, even when he was on the Broncos too, has been a just a, an extraordinary player. So this is a team that I think their defense gets really underrated. But you pair this defense with an offense that has Tom Brady, multiple running backs they can give the ball to, a really, really good offensive line, and then their wide receivers are Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, AB, and Gronk. Not to mention they're getting OJ Howard back. Like it's it's just crazy. Um so Buccaneers, I think the Buccaneers are the top dogs in the NFC. And Aiden, are you are you feeling the same way about this team? I would I would feel the same way. I think that there's a lot of things to to consider. I think that they're probably a little bit overrated now. Everyone is looking at them like they're these world beaters. Um, but I think that that we forget if if there's no Jared Cook fumble in that first Saints playoff game, say the Packers go for it instead of kicking the the three points or the Bucks don't score right at the end of the half because Kevin King doesn't know how to play football, that game could look completely different. Um, so I think we there, there is a little bit of recency bias um, in how good they looked against the Chiefs. But also a, a, a positive for them is they get a full offseason. Um, that's something that they didn't get last year, and they were still able to win the title. Um, so a lot of factors to, to consider for them. Brady is, what, 45? But the man just... I don't even know how he's doing it, but he just does not age. So I think that they're the cream of the crop in the in the, in the NFC section so far. And similar to the Lakers, before you count them out, you got to beat them. Um, and no one's been able to do that quite yet. Yeah, no, and we were talking about a little bit too, just how their final record was what, 11-5, 12-4. Not crazy dominant or anything, but you brought up one of the big kind of issues with saying that. And I think that, you know, looking at them and just looking at their overall record is one thing, but you brought up the off season. They didn't have that last year. They're bringing in a new quarterback, changing their scheme up a little bit from going to, from a guy like Jameis Winston, Tom Brady, in very, very different players, very, very different skill sets. So I, I think that's going to be something that you have to kind of look at like, Hey, how long did it take these guys to adjust? Um, and it took them a little bit, but once they got rolling, they were really, really good. And I think that's why everyone, you know, has them as a, as a hot team coming into this year and, being the defending Super Bowl champs always helps as well. So that's about it for them. So let's get into the Packers a little bit. Um, 
I think the Packers, the big looming question is whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to play. And I think if you don't have Aaron Rodgers, you can, you can take them out of this conversation. Um, and I'm also someone that believes a lot in Jordan Love, but I just don't think he's going to be, you know, ready to replicate what Aaron Rodgers has done for them. Also, he's not going to be able to mask some of the flaws that the Packers have had because Aaron Rodgers even hasn't been able to do that in the past. I mean, they've, they've won, everyone knows they won one Super Bowl in his career, but just looking back at the last few years, they can't win. And it's not his fault. It's, it's the defensive side of the ball. It's guys like Kevin King and it's guys, you know, either in the secondary, just getting torched like he did in that, that last playoff game. And then you go back to 2019 when they lost to the Niners, they couldn't stop their, their run game at all. And you kind of look at these linebackers, it's Preston Smith, Kamal Martin, and Chris Barnes. I don't think that's really helping you a ton against the Niners. I think that this is a team that really suffocates you. So for me, you got to bring up the Packers in this discussion because they've been in the NFC Championship the last two years. They potentially have Aaron Rodgers, but I think that's the big thing. Because for me, if they have Aaron, yes, they're absolutely a threat. You know, They're going to be a really good team in the NFC. But if they don't, well then I think you can kind of take them out of this discussion. I think you're going to see a massive step back if they don't have them next year. Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree with you. They've made the last two NFC title games, but I feel like everybody would agree that they're a tier below the Bucks, and I would say a tier below the, the Niners even. But I don't think Aaron not playing takes them out of like the playoff picture. It's a weak division. The Bears don't really know what that offense is is, is going to look like. The Lions are going to be awful, and I don't trust Kirk Cousins to win more than seven, eight games. So if Love comes out and wins nine, ten games just off the running game, and I mean, I, I think not having Rodgers cripples their chances at a title, but I think that they're going to be in that fourth, fifth tier of, of teams that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, but if Rodgers doesn't play, I could still see them make the playoffs, but like you said, I don't think that they're going to be making any waves in, in the playoffs. And I think that the NFC championship um, streak ends at two for them. Yeah, I definitely think that as well. And, and with Aaron, like without Aaron, they could definitely you know, make the playoffs, but in terms of like, do I think if they met the Niners in the playoffs without Aaron, I think that that's just a bad matchup for the Packers. That's the way I see it. They could definitely knock off a team or two. Like, don't get me wrong. They still have a lot of good players on that team. You got Devontae Adams, you know, that's going to help your quarterback a lot. An easy guy to just run that quick out when you're on the strong side of the field. So definitely, definitely think they could be an okay enough team, but I don't think they're that top end team that we've seen in the past couple of years. And even that team hasn't been able to really get over the hump. So, uh, but moving on from them, I want to talk about the saints a little bit, have them kind of in this discussion of these top NFC teams and kind of makes you look back and, and look at the NFC and go, you know, this isn't the strong, the strongest conference in the league. Uh, the AFC is a lot better. A lot of just, in my opinion, at least, I think you have a couple of really good teams in the NFC. But after you kind of start looking at it, you go, well, the Saints, you know, they got their playmakers. Their defense will probably take a step back, just, you know, losing a lot of depth. Not a lot, but a little bit of depth this offseason. Um, no Drew Brees. But then you have to kind of question, well, that hasn't really hurt them in the past couple of years, like missing Drew Brees. We know that Teddy did great when he was in there. Um, when they missed out on Drew Brees earlier this year, it didn't really hurt their offense as bad. I mean, I would even argue that when he came back, he he wasn't fully healthy, and I think that hurt them hurt them most in the end. And I think that was a lot of the reason why they why they weren't able to to beat the Buccaneers team that we were talking about earlier. But I don't 
I, I'm for some reason I feel like they're gonna take a step back. But when you kind of look at it just from afar and you go, okay, like you look at the roster, you go, okay, they have a good offensive line. They got Michael Thomas, who I think is gonna have a much better season. Alvin Kamara, James, yeah, they have Jameis Winston, but the guy who's calling plays is, is Sean Payton, and he's he's the, one of the best in the business. So like, it's tough to look at them from an offensive perspective and think that they're not gonna produce. And then on defense, they got playmakers. They got Cam Jordan. They got Demario Davis, who's been pretty good the last couple of years. And then it kind of goes away. You got Marshawn Lattimore. He's been kind of a little bit streaky. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams at safety. Like it, it's it's not anything amazing, but I still expect them to be in like every ball game. And I think that's just one of those things. Like when for 49er fans, you talk about having a guy like Kyle Shanahan that can like mask some of your your roster's flaws. Same thing with Sean Payton, in my opinion. So I, I think this is going to be a better team than I'm kind of expecting because for some reason, I like just looking at them, I, I was thinking that they're going to have a big step back, but I, I don't really know if they should, if that makes sense. So I don't know. Where, where are you at on that, Maiden? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I don't really know what to expect. It sucks that they're in a really tough division. Um, I think – Winston is going to struggle against that that Bucks defense twice a year. I think that's a bad bad matchup for him and really any quarterback. Uh, Panthers are getting better, and I I expect the Falcons to be better than than they were last year. I really like Arthur Smith, and I think Matt Matt Ryan has become criminally underrated um, after not an awesome season last year, but he's less than five years away from from an MVP season, um, which is something to keep in mind. Obviously, he had Kyle then, uh, with, who who we know can make Nick Mullins into a serviceable quarterback for most of his career, but the saints, it's going to be interesting. They're going to go as, as far as, as Jameis can really take them. I don't think we're going to see a 30, 30 season out of, out of Jameis again. If he's able to go 30, 15, um, this is a team who could make the playoffs. And again, I don't expect them to compete for a, a title, but the fact that they were able to reload losing breeze and having literally no money, um, kudos to that front office for even having us talk about them um, as one of these top teams. Cause I, I think we had somebody on uh, months ago and they were like, what are the saints going to do? But I think that they made it work and it'll be really interesting to see how they end up playing. Yeah. So are those three teams, your top three teams in the NFC, like just who can be the most competitive Outside of the NFC West, though, not counting them, are those your three top teams? Um, I'll put the Saints lower, and I like the I'm I'm higher on on the Bears than a lot of other people. I think that that defense is going to be really really good, and whoever they they start at quarterback, I think Dalton is serviceable. And I mean, they they made the playoffs last year with the MVP. Um, so again, and say say the Packers don't have Aaron Rodgers. They're the team to be in that division, probably. They have a lot of question marks. I don't know about that one. I don't know about them being the, the team to beat in that division. I think the it's Vikings? someone else. Is it the Vikings? That's what I think. I, I think the Vikings are going to be a lot better this year. Um, yes, they have Kirk Cousins. And I know everyone hates Kirk Cousins. You know, it's disgusting. Oh, everyone freaks out. But their defense is going to have 10 new starters from what they had in Week 17. And I know, you know, you go back a couple games before that, there's going to be less starters that are being replaced. But I think that just shows how injured they were. If the 49ers were the most injured team in the NFL last year, the Vikings were probably the second most injured. So you got to bring that up because they were a team that was consistently in that playoff hunt. 
I think that they should win double digit games, even if Aaron Rodgers is playing. I, I think they're just a team that you look at their offense, their offense. Yes, they have Kirk, but you have Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson. And they, they complete, like their whole draft was pretty much addressing the offensive line. Like that was what they did at the beginning of the draft. So a lot of times it takes a little while to actually improve that offensive line after you get those young pieces in. But in my opinion, it's a, is a huge step in the right direction for them because that's been somewhere that they have just not, that's something, an area that they've just not addressed in the past. Um, and then, you know, their defense has been pretty good under Zimmer um, and it's had some years where it's been really good. So if they could do that, if, you know, they got some young corners and they brought in Patrick Peterson. Uh, Pat Pete can be somewhat of his old self. I think that you might look at them as the division winner. Um, but I, I like that you bring up the Bears as well. I, I think that they're another team that people are going to look at them and go, because they are going to start Andy Dalton, unfortunately. I I am fully for starting Justin Fields week one for the Bears. They're going to start Andy Dalton. Now, people are going to be really upset. I'm going to be really upset. But Andy Dalton is better than I think everyone kind of markets him to be. He's a solid player. He's a solid quarterback. You know what you're going to get. Last year in Dallas, he was actually doing all right. He was he was running the offense decent enough. Problem in Dallas, and we can bring that up right now as well. They're just their defense is all over the place, and I don't think you should expect a ton out of that side of the ball. But I think Andy Dalton can do good things with the Bears. But for me, it's just I, I don't trust Matt Nagy. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna be my issue. I, I think he might be. I think he could easily be the first guy to get fired, and then your coaching staff is in flux. So I I don't really love them, um, and that's why I probably put the Vikings ahead of them. But I, I definitely think that both those teams are worth bringing up. Yeah, I think that that's completely fair. Um, I kind of took biggest threat as as different than better team. Um, say the Bears are able to get it going with with Fields. I'm definitely more threatened by a team with fields and a really good defense than a team with Kirk. And even if he has better weapons, um, just in terms of who, who could catch fire and who I wouldn't want to see in, in the playoffs. Um, I'm still going to take the bears over the Vikings, even though I 100% agree. I think the Vikings should and potentially will uh, win double digit games and going to really compete with the Packers, um, especially if Aaron doesn't play, but I think that's a really good point. That's the one thing. It's kind of hard to go through this NFC with a big looming question of, is Aaron Rodgers going to be playing in the NFL next year? So that's the, that, that's something that's pretty tough. Uh, one other team that I'll bring up, and then we'll get into the NFC West teams, are the Panthers. I am a, a big advocate of putting all your stock into the Panthers right now. Huge Christian McCaffrey fan. I think that he's one of the few running backs in the, in the game that really, really changes the game. Because we see that with Derrick Henry. I think the other guy we see that with is Christian McCaffrey. A lot of other great running backs, not trying to you know say they're not special. But I think those two guys are much more special than everyone else in the league. Then you look at the rest of that offense. They got a guy in DJ Moore. Um, and they did lose Curtis Samuel. They drafted Tommy Trimble. You know, they're gonna they have Robbie Anderson. They got a lot of weapons. The big move they made was they moved on from Teddy Bridgewater, brought in Sam Darnold. He's gonna be the starter. Another guy that I am high on in the right situation, and we've talked about it before on here, Aiden, and I know that we've talked about it on, on the actual pod, even though it's a Niners pod, I've talked about Matt Rule and Joe Brady just being a great, great fit for a lot of young rookie quarterbacks. Well, I think Darnold's kind of in that, in that conversation of like a guy that needs to be molded. So for them, I think they're really dangerous. I think they're a year away, but I think that they 
I think they're way too overlooked as an organization and as a team that can really be a top end NFC team, in my opinion, a year from now. Um, so not this 2021 season, but I think 2022, I think you're going to see them be just really like, not, let me not take over, but I think you'll see them looking like they did under Ron Rivera. I think it's going to be that kind of level of a team. So another team I'm super high on, but a- anyone else that you're high on? And, and also what are your thoughts on the Panthers? Uh, for those of you that, that don't know, I'm from North Carolina. I'm in NC right now. Uh, so I know that I do hear a lot of Panthers things. Um, I think that they'll be good, especially next year. I don't really know how to feel about Donald about Darnold quite yet, but they're probably going to let Robbie Anderson walk at the end of this year, but they got Terrace Marshall, with it, which I think was a huge um, pick for them. But this is a team that, that passed on fields. I was sitting in a room with a bunch of Panthers fans who were like, we're really going to get fields, and then they passed on them. So, I mean, I think that that shows what they like about Darnold. Um, but a team that we haven't talked about that I expect to win the division is, is Washington. They got a really good defensive line. Obviously, question marks at, at, at the quarterback position, but Rivera, who you talked about, has a way of milking talent out of that position. Guys that he he had Kyle Allen at 4-0 before Nick Bosa walked in, walked in the stadium. Um, but I, I expect Washington to win that division. That defense is, is too strong, um, and quarterback will be better than, in, than it was last year, but that isn't saying a, a whole lot. But I think that they're in that bottom-ish tier like like we were talking about before those teams like the vikings and the bears um who don't really scare me because they don't have that that upper tier quarterback talent um but that defensive line is really really good um and all super young and they're they're built like like the 49ers were in like 2019 in in terms of the defensive side i think they got five six first rounders um so that's definitely a team to uh, at least talk about 100%. I, I don't know how I didn't bring up the Washington football team. They were my, they were the team I bet on to make the playoffs, like be that first and worst, sorry, worst to first team last year, which they were. Um, I'm super high on them. Also think they're more of like one of those teams where it's like, they're going to make the playoffs. I, I fully expect them to make the playoffs, but they're also not quite there yet. Main issue is being quarterback. They do have Mr. Taylor Heineke, which is exciting. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. They, they definitely got some, some polarizing, you know, real options that people, you know, just love to watch. Uh, great watches at quarterback. Don't know if it's going to produce to wins, though, and a productive offense. So that's going to be the big question there. But love that you bring up the Washington football team. Um, I, I think that'll probably do it, though, for these NFC West teams. And if you're just checking this out, make sure to subscribe and then come back tomorrow. And the next three days we'll, that we post, it'll be each of these NFC West teams talking about the Seahawks, the Rams, and then the Cardinals. So that's going to do it for today. And thanks everybody for watching and we'll talk to you guys soon. So then moving on to the NFC West, I think the first team that we should bring up is the team that I think is the biggest threat in the division in the Los Angeles Rams. And I'll let you start Aiden. What do you think about this Rams team? And how do you think they stack up against the Niners? Um, I think it'll be really, really like, I think, it, I think that they match up very similarly. Um, they obviously have the edge in terms of star power. Um, they have Aaron Donald and, and Ramsey, who I would say cancel out Bosa and I, I guess Warner if if you're doing it like that. Um, but I think it should be interesting. The Niners have owned the Rams, at least in the regular season, the last few years, which I think counts for, for something. But 
they got better at the quarterback position. Goff is out of there. Um, I expect them to either be one and Niners two or Niners one Rams two. Um, I think that they're matched really, really evenly. Um, and it's going to come down to injuries and schedule and that kind of stuff. Cause I feel like they're both in the same tier in terms of winning a title, assuming Stafford is as good as we think he is. Um, cause we haven't really seen him win consistently, but he's been on the line. So it's hard to add. It's, it's, it's hard to put that on, on a guy like him. Uh, the, the stat that was going around Instagram all this week was that like 50% of his wins were game winning drives, which is obscene. So expect the Rams to be good. Expect the Niners to be good. But I think that those are the cream of the crop in the NFC West. Yeah, I, I fully agree with you. I think I have a couple concerns about the Rams, mostly going to be about their depth. Now, what we've seen in the past, though, kind of contradicts that, where we've seen like they've had depth questions in the past. That, that's been pretty much the biggest reason that people have kind of not expected them to do well. And it hasn't affected them that much just because – it seems like Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, having those guys on the defensive side of the ball, it just helps everyone else exceed their expectations. And we've seen that. We saw that last year with Leonard Floyd, then they brought him back. Now they lost John Johnson. They also lost Troy Hill. Um, and I just, I think that they're probably going to be all right, but I think it's worth bringing up. I do think the Rams in 2021 should be expected to win the division. I think they're a better team than the 49ers right now. I think I think adding Matthew Stafford is absolutely massive. I don't think people really look at him and I don't I don't think everyone looks at him as a top 10 quarterback and I absolutely believe that he is. Uh you had a stat Aiden, what was it? It was basically like his the wins that he has almost are always coming from him at the end of the game, right? Like almost mm-hmm. every win is a game-winning drive. Was it something like that? I think I I just said it like 50% of all of his wins have been game winning drives in, in some capacity, whether his team was tied or up or whatever. But I think it's like 37 out of 96 or something like that. It's right below 50%, which was super interesting. Yeah. And, and one of the things with him is a lot of people, they're going to argue, Oh, Stafford hasn't won. You know, he hasn't done this. And, and even me and you were talking about that Aiden, but I think one of the things that makes it, a a tough spot to look at and talk about this team resembling what he had in Detroit. You people will bring up, okay, he had Megatron. He didn't win with Megatron. He also never had an a thousand yard rusher and he's going to a McVay system that, you know, that's what they do. They run the football. It's, it's very similar to the 49ers where what they're trying to do is they're trying to suffocate you with the run and they're trying to play really good defense. That's their goal. Their, their philosophy of how they're going to win games is very similar. So, you know, a guy like Cam Akers, there's a lot on his plate. So if he goes down, can Daryl Henderson do it? Because he didn't look too great last year. You know, like, so there's a lot of questions about the depth, I think. Um, the offensive line as well. You know, Whitworth is old. Austin Corbett's all right. Brian Allen's all right. It's just, it doesn't like stand out like, oh, look, all these big names. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I know exactly how all their offensive line looked last year. But I think it's another spot where you've got to talk about the depth. And they just haven't had a ton of picks a ton of early round picks, but they've been able to hit on these, these day two and day three picks and they've been really successful in the last couple of years. So for them, I think a lot of it's going to be hoping that that's what they did again this year. You know, they, they hit on the picks that they had in the draft. So um, it's, it's going to be tough to see how that depth plays out, but overall the top end of this team is, is top tier. So I, I think they're going to be good. 
and I think they should be expected to win 12 or more games. But anything else you wanted to add before we move on to the Seahawks? Uh, no, I think that you touched on it. Expect them and the Niners to be 1A, 1B. Um, I don't know how it's going to shake out. And I think injuries are, are going to play a huge part, both in terms of depth and with the horrible luck the Niners had last year. Hopefully they they get some good luck this year. Yeah, so let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks. I think the first thing that we got to talk about is the defense. Um, we've definitely been a little bit critical of them in the past, and I think it's I think it's fully fair to do that. I, I really do. Um, they have Bobby Wagner, future Hall of Famer, Jamal Adams. Though he wasn't great last year, you know he was a very good player off the off the edge, kind of playing a very a different role than he had played on the Jets. So we'll see what he looks like this year. He also got early injured early on, so not fair to put like a ton on him. Uh, Carlos Dunlap, he's an older player, but he was still productive last year. He's been productive his entire career. But then you look around and you go, okay, well, what about defensive tackle? They got Puna Ford, Brian Mon. Other defensive end is Kerry Hyder. We saw him in San Francisco last year. And a lot of people wanted to bring Kerry Hyder back. I, w- I was for bringing Kerry Hyder back, but it was clear that he was going to be a reserve player. And that's the difference to the Seahawks team for me is they just have too many guys that are friend starters and they're like top tier guys. It's not like they can't help overcome like not having a super strong roster. They do, but it, in the in the playoffs, we've just seen them kind of fall off almost every year it seems like. And it's just because they don't have those guys. I, I think Russell Wilson is either the second or third best quarterback in the league. I think he is phenomenal. He is probably the guy I want to play against least if as a Niners fan. I do not want to see Russell Wilson. He somehow always has a magical drive against the Niners. That's just how it's been. Uh, the, their offensive weapons are great. But then the, the, but then you look at the defense, and like I said, like there's a lot of just like guys that probably shouldn't be starting. Well, the same thing goes for the offensive line. They haven't been able to run the ball as, as well in the past couple of years as they were when they were really, you know, doing well and having long, deep playoff runs and a Super Bowl win. So for me, it, it's just tough to see them. I could definitely see them make the playoffs. They could even win the division. But for me, it's tough to see them just, I don't know, transform into like a super, a true Super Bowl contender because I, I really don't think they're there. I'm not trying to just slander the Seahawks as a Niners fan. I just I don't think they have the personnel to do it. Um, I still think they'll probably be a playoff team, and if they're not a playoff team, they'll be close. Uh, that's what happens when you have Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think that they need Spoon to be what he thinks he is, the best corner in the league, uh, which don't really know how how true that is. But if but if he can go to that form, it really transforms their their defense. Their DBs are not very proven we're gonna say i think that's that's the politically correct way to say it they got some major question marks there and i think if the niners were to make a trade for julio the seahawks would be quaking because who do you have as that third guy who's gonna have to guard Ayuk, debo or or julio you're gonna be screwed one of the ways and even now the niners have such a huge advantage on the receiver cornerback matchup but um never want to bet against russell wilson He's so good, but I think that you hit it on the head. I think best case, they make the playoffs, but they don't push for like a Super Bowl. But, I mean, I think the ceiling is 10-11 wins, but the floor, I think they could potentially be pretty bad, um, especially if a key injury goes down somewhere. 
I don't think that they have a ton of depth and I don't think that their top tier is fantastic, but I think Russell Wilson by himself is enough to get you to 500, which just speaks to how good he is and how much respect we have for a guy like that, given how often and brutally um, he has destroyed all 49er hopes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's, it, it, they're just a tough case. Cause you look at me, you go, they have the quarterback, the, the overall NFC isn't great, but if, if you're the 49ers, wh- where don't you beat them on, on your, when you have your offense on the field and they have their defense? It seems like, well, you're going to be able to run the ball well against them. Maybe kind of in that middle of the field, you're not going to do great. Well, they're, the 49ers are kind of showing that they're trying to shift their, their team to a, hey, we're going to run the ball and we're going to have big plays off of play action. It seems like that's what they want to do. We don't know if we're going to see that this year with Trey Lance under center. I we just don't know yet. But even with Jimmy there, I, I think that's it's, it's just hard that it's hard to expect the Seahawks to be able to stop the run or the pass against the Niners. And I think we're going to see shootouts in these games. And also, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they split it. I, I fully expect the Seahawks to beat the Niners once. Um, but I think against a lot of other teams, I think that it's just it's going to be tough when when you start playing against these teams that are able to run the ball. And just kind of kind of take control of the game. And the Seahawks actually play the Colts week one. And I think that's going to be kind of a, a wake-up call for the league. Because I think the Seahawks defense is just not quite there. I think they're gonna, it's going to be tough for them. Um, and also for the Colts' sake. I think the Colts are a really good team. I think they're going to kind of let everyone know, like, hey, we're legit. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. But don't think the Seahawks are going to be the team that they have been in, in the past few years. Or maybe a few years prior. You know, last couple of years, I don't think they've been quite as successful as you'd want to be with a guy like Russell Wilson under center, but still a team to, to monitor. And I, I don't think they're going to be terrible. Uh, I just don't think they're going to be an elite team or like a true Super Bowl contender, but moving on from them, the Arizona Cardinals are next. I think my biggest concern is just how do you have Kyler Murray as your quarterback? You got Nuck, you got all these guys, right? Maybe not the, the best offensive personnel, but you have the special quarterback, you have the special receiver, and yet your offense is just not very good. That's kind of been my issue. You have, and it's not like Cliff hasn't done a great job getting these these quarterbacks because he's had Mahomes, he's had Kyler. It seems like he really knows what to do at the quarterback position, but his offenses are always stagnant, um, and, and that's just that's just the part that's tough. At least in the NFL, with, with the with the Cardinals, his offenses have been pretty stagnant. So I think that's my biggest concern for them. Can Cliff make that big step? Because from an evaluation standpoint, I think he's done a pretty good job. But the offense just hasn't produced. And, and you're going to have to produce at one point. So I think for him, I think that's my biggest concern with the Cardinals is just can Cliff produce? So Aiden, is that is that something that you're kind of questioning too? Or, or like is that something that you're wondering about? 100%. Cliff is a guy who's had Mahomes, Baker, now Kyler, and has never finished above 500. Um, he's a guy who I need to see succeed over the course of a season. I've never seen it. Uh, the Cardinals have the personnel to do it would look awesome. If we were eight years in the past with Watt green fits. Um, but Kyler is, is so good. I think as Russ fingers crossed starts to taper off, I think Kyler is going to only get better and he's going to kind of take the role of, of that, um, guy in the NFC West. That's, stuck with a coach who is a pretty much just holding him back. Um, I think, I think the Cardinals need to move off from cliff. And I think that if they don't make the playoffs this year, that's what they're probably going to do. Um, but 
I, again, they have the offensive personnel that I'm a little bit wary. They beat us in week one last year. They look good. Um, but obviously they, they weren't able to sustain that, um, and lost in week 17, if I'm not wrong to us with a playoff spot on, on the line, which I think just sums up what, what cliff is and the question marks that, that, that we have, but I think like the Seahawks 10, 11 win ceiling, but could be bad as, as, as well. Um, I don't love their defensive backs. I think they have Buda Baker and that's pretty much it. Yeah, there there are other corners. Their corners are kind of lacking. They got Byron Murphy, Byron Murphy and Malcolm Butler, and then I think their first guy off the bench is going to be Robert Alford. So not the not the best tandem there. Not um, awesome. Good thing Buddha's a, a stud safety. He's a beast, but they they need um, Simmons to to take a big step. He was a letdown as a rookie. Also, but, I'll just add with him. I don't know how much of that is on him. They're kind of have. It seemed like they were having a bounce all over the place. For some of it, which was weird. Playing and then and there. towards the end of the year, he did get on the field a lot more. So, like for his sake, hopefully that that'll help him a lot. And he's but, a crazy number too. What kind of guy wears wears forty eight? Come on, it doesn't bode well for success. <laughs> no, definitely not. But yeah, I think I think that you summed it up. Um, I think that they're limited by their head coach, which is unfortunate given the quarterback. I do think it's that he could turn around. I think this is, I think this is a very like a huge turning point for cliff and just the Cardinals in general, because their off season was sort of like, Hey, we were all right. Like we were almost a playoff team. Not quite there. We need to get a little bit better. So we're going to sign high upside, high risk guys. You know, we're gonna have these two big signings in JJ Watt and AJ green. I definitely think there's a lot more upside with JJ Watt, especially playing across Chandler, or maybe inside, I guess, Chandler Jones, um, probably inside and outside a little bit. But I, I think that you have a, a defensive line with JJ Watt and Chandler Jones, just the name value jumps off the page. But that those are two guys that are probably going to be, no, not probably, they are absolutely going to be Hall of Fame players. Um, and, and Chandler Jones might be a guy that you might not expect that. Go look at his career numbers. He has over a hundred sacks. Like he's definitely going to be a dude that's there. So those two guys, if they are healthy, their defense, their defense will get masked a lot. And you have guys like Buda Baker being a playmaker. If Isaiah Simmons can figure it out, hey, that's a very formidable defense in my opinion. But that's a big if. And then on offense, you have it. I think it's just the if with Cliff on offense. Um, and and Kyler's been great, but he hasn't been able to to really win yet. And very young in his career, but I think he's a really, really good player. So if their offense can look better and they, and they can stay healthy, I think they have a ton of upside. I think they could, I think they are, they're good enough at their, their highest point to be the division winners, but I also think they could very easily be the, the team in last place. So I think it's just all over the place, ton of upside, a lot of guys that could go down and, and have gone down in the past. So that's where I'm kind of at on them, but anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, I I think that you hit it on the head. I think it's Cliff's make or break a year. Um, I'd be surprised if he wasn't on the hot seat now, and if they miss the playoffs again and don't don't look great. Um, expect a new coach in Arizona next year. Probably put put my name in the hat. The job can't be that hard. Um, you got a lot of playmakers over there, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, so I think that's gonna do it for today's episode. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Um, if it's your first time checking us out, make sure to subscribe. Uh, we're going to be getting 49ers content out all off season. 
um, even when things are slow like this to, to figure out some t- sort of topics. But I, I think this was a really fun episode to kind of look at look at these teams in the NFC because it's definitely not as top-heavy as it was a couple of years ago, but you still got a lot of good teams, and there's definitely going to be some surprises in the season. So fully expect that to happen. Uh, this is your, your first time checking us out. I mentioned last time uh, we're part of Undrafted Sports Network, and we are currently looking for sports writers. If you have any interest in that, I'll I'll add the email below, but make sure to to email us at that there. And I think that's gonna do it for today's episode. So thanks everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you guys soon.